Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Cool. So, um, lately you've been watching a lot of these, uh, I guess they're called speedrun, I uh-huh. guess is that the term? Yeah. Of like people just replaying like ancient Zelda games. Mm-hmm. And there's something on it where every time they play, it's like a different, like they're able to somehow hack the game to then like have different modes or different like i guess settings so that the game is different from the original game like mm-hmm. how do you do that okay i don't know if that's yeah so the the specific thing i'm i'm watching is called a randomizer yeah uh and we'll get into that in a bit um or actually let me explain what that is so basically a ran uh, let me back up so zelda is a game where you essentially go through the the lands and you collect things in chests okay and by collecting those things in chests, you get different tools to make further progress. Like without the bow, you cannot hit the switch to get into this temple, for instance. Okay, so you won't be able to get the chests in that temple unless you have the bow. Make sense? And there are a whole bunch of these different um, weapons that you can get that will like open up the game little by little. Uh, but what I'm watching is called a randomizer, and what the randomizer does is it takes all the chests in the game and shuffles them so the very first chest at the very beginning of the game might give you the bow right off the bat um or it might... whereas whereas the original game you wouldn't get the bow right until way away. later you would have to go through steps mm-hmm. or like levels to get there right? yeah and the first few chests are going to be things like uh some money or yeah. a shield uh to just get started right whereas in this version of the game like at the very beginning of the game, the first few chests have all the great stuff, or they have nothing useful, and you're like stuck. Um, so uh, that's what a randomizer is. Um, and people built randomizers based off of the original game. Like they took the original game and they identified where the chests are stored, basically, and they identified, hey, the bow is represented by this number, one twenty-five. So they said, hey, the bow is not going to be found in this chest. It's going to be found in that chest. And every time you click the randomize button and it prepares a new version of the game, it will reshuffle all this. Does that make sense? Yeah, but how are you so easily like able to just hack a game? Yeah, okay. So uh, with that premise aside, uh, this is part of a class of things called ROM hacks. Um, and ROM hacks start off with the fact that you have to get a ROM somehow and a rom stands for read-only memory uh and it's a reference to uh back in the days when video games were entirely found on cartridges Mm -hmm. and by you putting a cartridge in the game system you're actually completing the computer the computer had a missing piece no cartridge and by you putting a cartridge in there you put in that missing piece you gave it the starting memory that it's going to go and run to do something the, the game system itself just being the computer and the cartridge being the piece of ran- of memory that's going to say what the game is, but it's also going to give instructions to the computer. So by you putting that cartridge in, there's a starting instruction in there and the computer at that point can just do its thing and you're playing your game, right? Um, now, people have over time made ways to offload the memory that's inside of those cartridges onto something else like a cd offload meaning like you make a copy exactly okay because that's all the cartridge is it's a piece of memory like a chip 
um, that you're just telling the system is available. Uh, and then once you have that piece of memory, you can read the chip yourself, right? Uh-huh. Um, so by reading the chip yourself, you get the ones and zeros, you make a file out of that, and that is called a ROM. It's the read-only memory that represented that cartridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we got to the point where we have like CDs and Playstations, this got more and more advanced, and you basically have files on on a disk, just like we regularly have. Uh, but back in the cartridge days, it was dead simple enough where you're literally putting in that last piece of memory that the computer itself needs, and the thing is pre-programmed to look at the very starting point of that memory where the cartridge hooks into. So a side question then Mm -hmm. is, if it's a read-only cartridge, meaning you can only read it, you can't write to it, Mm -hmm. how are you able to play the game? Because every input that you make with your controller controller, Mm -hmm. is is writing to the game, right? So how are you doing that if it's read-only? So the cartridge has read-only memory. But on the system, you have random access memory, RAM, Uh which you can write to. So the cartridge is only used to read the code that needs to run. And that code will write to the RAM as you're doing stuff, like your score and stuff like that. Uh, And that typically stays around until you turn off your system. So like pre-Nintendo 64 era of video games. There's no saving. Like you start your game... You play it, you turn off the system, you're done. Mm. What they would do instead is they would give you a password. Once you beat a level, they say, hey, the password is this. Really? And you can input that password at the beginning of the game, and you would start at the next level. Because Mm. that was your proof that you've kind of vanquished it. And there was no internet back then to share these things. So unless you had a friend who, like, got a password, you're never really going to come across these on your own, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So this was the way that you could, like save without really saving because uh the save at this point was you writing down the password or the pen uh and that getting saved on a piece of paper for you to re-put it in um then once the nintendo 64 came out it was more common for the cartridge itself to have a little bit of read write memory flash memory basically um where it can save your your file um and it would just have enough for what it needs so like uh, in the case of Zelda Ocarina of Time, it had enough for three files. You know, you can have uh, link A, link B, and link C. Uh, which one do you want to play today kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each of those files would contain a lot. Like every chest that you opened, every area that you've kind of explored. Like it does keep track of all that. Um, but it's relatively little data. Um, so it doesn't need to store very much. Game Boy games are similar. They would have a little bit of uh, space on them to save... Uh, information so that way you can continue from where you left off because guess what a Game Boy loses power relatively easily it's based on batteries right so it needs to save Um, and some of them even had a battery in them like Pokemon games had a battery in the cartridge to keep track of the time so that way while your game was not running it would still keep track of hey three days have passed and your Pokemon hatched or whatnot Um, and therefore you can check in on it and like get them back kind of thing. so going back to pre side question uh you have your cartridge you have a intermediary device and that intermediary device just copies all the all the pieces off of it right all the all the bytes and then it makes a file for you to access on a computer um, and this file is not too different from uh an application on your computer that you like double click and run 
except you won't be able to run it on your computer because your computer doesn't know what to do with it. Uh, but uh, thanks to the fact that we have emulators that will like do the same thing as a Nintendo 64 just on the computer, we can either A, play that ROM on a computer, or B, you can futz around with that ROM. It's not like it's super advanced like computery stuff. If you change a value on the ROM, then it's still going to run through it. As long as it doesn't crash, it's going to continue working. Um, so what you can do is you can hack the ROM literally by changing some values and you can change the experience of the game. Uh, you can do simple things like, Hey, give link a different color tunic, for instance. Um, or you can do more complex things like swapping around all the chests. So that way, when you open a chest, instead of giving the item that the chest wanted to give you, you get a completely different item instead. Um, because the game doesn't know what item it is. It's just like, hey, I programmed this chest, gives you this item. Mm -hmm. So if we change it to give a different item, then that's that's what a ROM hack is. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. How does any of this like sit well with copyright laws? Mm. <laughs> so it doesn't really uh, sit super well. Uh, where but, if... but people that are doing these hacks they're not getting sued by nintendo yeah. right yeah so there there are certain boundaries that they are respectful of so for instance the randomizer tool that will like build you a randomized ocarina of time does not include ocarina of time so that's a very key thing that means you have to bring your own ocarina of time so then you have to know how to make a copy of this game to begin with. Yeah, so... In order to then use this software to then change it up. Yeah, so not only that, you have to have a device to put it back onto a cartridge. Uh-huh. Or more commonly, it's like an SD card, and it will play it as if it were a cartridge. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have to have that device to have the Nintendo 64 play it, right? Right. Okay, so uh, that thing is called an EverDrive, by the way. It's it's just a it's a fake cartridge that takes an SD card, mm. and then whatever's on the SD card, it will just give to the system as if it were the cartridge. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the randomizer tool does not include Ocarina of Time. It includes just the tool that asks you, "Hey, please point me to a ROM that presumably you made of your Ocarina of Time cartridge." Um. And I will take that. I will figure out which version it is, and I will make the necessary modifications, and then you can put that on your own EverDrive and play it on your system. Mm -hmm. However, what most people do is just download the thing from the internet and... Download what thing? Ocarina of Time. Because someone already made? Oh, someone already copied Ocarina of Time and put it on the internet, and it's just, like, there. But that's infringing on on copyright. Oh, it absolutely right? is. So yes. that person, because they're they're technically distributing yes somebody else's property. Yes, which is not not legal by any means. Yeah. So that term is called uh, uh, picking it up from off the back of a truck. Um, yeah, finders and, keepers, right? If you find something, that not not finders keepers. Or, it's just that convenient. Uh, that convenient scenario where a truck is driving by and the back was not locked, locked down and everything just fell off the truck. It happens you know? to be and Ocarina it happens of Time. To, it happens to be Ocarina of Time. It happens to be right in front of you. Like, you didn't do anything. You're just lucky. Yeah, just lucky. So that's the, that's being the innuendo. Being in the right that's place at the right time. Being at the right place at the right time, but not actually. You, you actually did look it up and you actually <laughs> did download it and you actually did commit 
illegal acts of... Yeah, by you downloading it, you are committing fraud as well. Not fraud, but um, copyright infringement. They were just fraud. Yeah. The the big FBI warning, it says $750,000 yeah. back in VHS time. So with inflation, it's probably like $20 million. Who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, basically, you are doing bad illegal things by doing this. Um, however, there are funny parts of the law that say that if you do own the original cartridge, then you're allowed to do this to back up your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're allowed to do that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really messy. Uh, so it's best not to think too hard about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, ROM hacks are, uh, hacks of an original ROM and you do something else with it. Some people get I guess as long as you're not actively making money off of it, then it's fine. It's considered creative, Uh, right? Like, you're not deliberately trying to sell for money. Not necessarily. So, not too long ago, someone took the original Zelda, which is all 2D, Uh um, and they turned the 2D world into a three-dimensional one. Uh Like, not in any, like, drastic way. But they basically said, like, hey, in this two by two square, it's now a two by two by two square. Yeah. So there's a, three, a third dimension to it. You can't jump or anything. Uh, but it looks interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they put that on GitHub and they're like, hey, this is super cool. And Nintendo said, take that down. Uh, so uh, you can't distribute the game itself. Like, even if it's a derivative work of it, mm-hmm. it's just not going to work out. However, if you distribute a tool that lets someone take their own game and modify it, there's not much that Nintendo can do about that. Right. And they haven't been, right? They haven't well, been, like, issuing warnings or anything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this has turned into, like, a fun pastime for people who played Ocarina of Time, like, when they were young. Uh, and it's, like, deeply nostalgic. Uh, and therefore, it's a fun new challenge that uh, can make a... I don't know when did it come out 96 98 something like that I don't know. <laughs> um, 1998 I think uh, which back of the math calculation is like 25 years ago right um, so uh, a really long time ago it's a really old game uh, but it still has that charm because people can still like have fun in a new and interesting way mm-hmm. thanks to these randomizers so uh, there's there's that charm to it I think is, is kind of cool uh, but ROM hacks are not limited to like randomizers they can be uh very creative as well some people have replaced all the textures um and a texture is basically the two-dimensional image that's wrapped around paper mache style on top of the three-dimensional character mm-hmm. Does that makes sense whether it's a character whether it's the ground whether it's trees you always have this two-dimensional image that you wrap origami style around something um, and that's called a texture um so you can change the texture to be something completely different it's just bites on a on a file basically um so you can change the look of a game um and some people have gone further and figured out how the level data is written like hey there's a building here there's a wall here there's a tree here they figured out how that's organized and they completely changed that part of it so you have the game zelda in a completely new place that was not at all made by the original creators mm-hmm. um and that's also like, it's not legal, it's a derivative work by all means, uh, but it's it's more and more on the edge of, like, what is considered the original game and what is completely new. You're tiptoeing that line. Yeah, there. tiptoeing that line. So, not at all legal, but uh, also, if you're not making money off of it, it's different enough where you're probably not going to be hunted down 
by Nintendo lawyers. Mm -hmm. Um, And the most that they'll do is say, hey, please take this down and stop sharing it. Yeah. But if you're not the one sharing it, then not your problem. Unless you're Disney. Oh, yeah. I mean, Disney's known to, like, yeah, sue don't, people. Don't don't infringe on Disney's rights. Uh, they are very known to, to like, not not be kind in that regard. And Nintendo's not great either. Um, so I don't want to say that they're any better. Um, but they have, for what it's worth, kind of kept, kept their distance from this because it's not hurting them directly. Yeah. Um, and it's... Allowing their fans to still enjoy something that's 25 years old, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's not like this is affecting new Zeldas. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's what Well, speaking of new Zelda, there's a new Zelda coming out. Oh, yeah. Are you excited about Th- that? There is a new Zelda coming out, and it's been like five years since the last new Zelda came out. Which was also five years. Yeah, it's like every five years is a new Zelda. Um... And yeah, I'm really excited. The last the last time a new Zelda came out, I took two weeks off of work and I just did that twenty four seven. And then was like, "You're still playing that game?" I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I went to bed when it was time to go to bed, and you were still playing until like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. So it, it's yeah, but you were young then. You you're like yeah. you're... I wasn't thirty yet. I didn't break. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, are you gonna do the same thing this time around? I'll probably fall asleep at eleven p.m. But. <laughs> Uh, at the at the controller yeah good thing we have a very comfortable couch Mm -hmm. that's probably not gonna help me um so yeah i hope i can get through enough of the game in in a two-week period uh considering i will be sleeping most of that time uh now but yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it i i really enjoyed playing uh pretty much every 3d zelda game Oh, this is also your childhood. Like yeah. you grew up with these mm-hmm. games, and you've been following the Legend of Zelda like your entire life, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and to be clear, like as a kid, I was not capable of playing like Ocarina of Time. It was a complicated game for a kid, you know. Games are complicated in general. Yeah, so like I would always watch people play and like get lost in the adventure from like a third person's point of view. So. As soon as, like, Let's Plays started being a thing on, like, YouTube, I'm like, yeah, this has been my childhood as well. Yeah, watching uh, other just people Just watching play. other people play, so. Um, that, you, are you more of a watcher than a player? I would s- probably say, yeah. I'm, ha- I'm totally happy watching slash backseat driving. Is that, if that's the case, there's no need to take two weeks off and, like, buy the new game. I mean, just watch other people play. I'm sure everybody's going to be streaming. But I can't backseat drive in that scenario. <laughs> so unless you're going to be the one playing, then... I'm not. I'm not interested in gaming. Yeah, so, really. so I guess I just need to play. Uh... Isn't that good, though? Because, like, if I were interested in playing game as much as you do, like, we'd be fighting over that. No, I would just watch you. Oh, really? Yeah. As long I, as I can backseat drive and say, like, oh, what's there? And then you'd go, like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, I guess if that's the case, like, you're going to need to get a, a Dimitri Jr. to... <laughs> yeah, I'll train them early to, <laughs> so that way I can just sit from the couch and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. They'll probably love me as a as a parent because... Yeah, you, they don't need to, like... I, I'll happily encourage them playing games so that but I can also, watch. But also, they don't need to, like, convince you to get them any games or anything. Like, all games will be there ready because <laughs> you're the, you're a kid yourself, you know? Any new games come out, you you have to be the first to get it. So. Mm-hmm. If we have kids in the future, they're going to be so spoiled because of that. 
And they all fell back off the top back of a truck because like it just happened. The kid fell off the back of a truck. No, the game, silly. <laughs> oh, anyway, thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye.